You're listening to the Functional Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Patrick Hester and Tracy Townsend. Welcome back, friends. Please make sure your pod seat and tray table are in their upright and locked position. Pull out your Hugo Award nomination ballot and add the Functional Nerds podcast to your best fan cast selections. Once you have done this, the airlock will seal and life support systems will engage. We hope you enjoy and survive your trip to the Functional Nerdverse. Well, that's the last time I'm going to need to do that for like a year. So that feels very cleansing. <laughs> so we also have a kind of interesting level of meta operating here, Patrick, as you know, because we're doing like this is we're like the Matryoshka dolls of podcasting right now, because we are a podcast talking about podcast award nominations and, and things while we are hosting two thirds of the creative team behind the station 151 podcast. And so we're just, we're podcasting Palooza right now. Yes. Yes, we are. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting show. I, I, I'm glad that they agreed to tuckerize us into the station 151 uh, at some point. I, I'm actually <laughs> significant sum as I'm that, getting but, looks from them like what no we didn't agree <laughs> to that shit what do you look get out of here <laughs> I think before we do any more slander towards them we should probably give Bear Whiter and Steve Scarce a chance to introduce themselves and uh, maybe clear the air about this tuckerization not happening sure let's start with Bear Bear why don't you tell people who you are and what you do my name is Bear Whiter. I am a uh, art director for Monty Cook Games. For the podcast, I am the audio producer. I would say actually I kind of originated the idea, but we'll probably get into that in a little bit. And uh, but yeah, I, you know, I do all kinds of things. Um, but uh, over the past year, I've kind of really learned to, uh, or I've really gotten excited about podcasting and audio dramas and and all of that. So, well, the good news is that after a couple of years of grinding. You, you grow out of that. <laughs> I'm sure I do. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's going to be the case. Don't yeah, worry, then, says Patrick. The bloom will come off the rose soon. <laughs> and and then when the conventions put you on the, the How to Start a Podcast panel, you just sit there and go, don't. 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 <laughs> save, your, save yourself. It will suck up all your time. Steve, tell people who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Steve Scarce. I, as you said, I'm I'm one of the uh, the co-creators of Station 151, the podcast. Uh, in my uh, day job, I'm a digital marketer. Oh, I'm and so sorry, the, man. I, I, I gave I that up for Lent. I know, right? It's it's a tough gig, you know, every day. Someone has to uh, do it, though. On, on the podcast, I am uh, I'm one of the contributing writers. Uh, the story and characters were written and developed by my brother, Andy Scarce, uh, who sadly couldn't be with us today, and myself. As far as creating the podcast, I, I handle a lot of the voice work, which is an amusing story and something I just kind of fell into because we didn't have actors. And then uh, I also handle, as you can imagine, the marketing and uh, the business side of it. So, so all right. Digital, digital marketing is a, is a pain these days mm-hmm. with everything going on in the world. I agree. I agree. But Apple, it's, Apple, yeah. Apple just changed the uh, the how things work in iOS, uh, Android, Google's doing the same thing. Uh, it's just a pain. Yeah. Sorry. There's my, there's my little digital marketing <laughs> comment. No, I, I feel you. We could offline gotta, that gotta, for hours. You gotta yeah. speak your truth. You gotta let that thing out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do it. Everybody's going, Oh, we're changing our SDKs because of iOS and, and Android. So <laughs> oops. Boy. 
<laughs> just said a bunch of things and I don't know what they mean. I feel like really basically it's, it's if best you, you don't. Oh, okay. Best sure. you don't. If you're a digital marketer, you have to reroute power through the secondary ODN conduits on deck three, bypassing oh, the okay. your optical chips. That's all I said. Oh, all right. Then that makes sense. Like, that everything's right. clear. And so, you got to feed right. the hamster. I mean, Steve and Bear have kind of set us up with a little bit of the behind the scenes language of, of what they do for the Station 151 podcast, but we haven't actually answered the question of what is the Station 151 podcast. <laughs> so you're, you're completing your first season right now. Um, and by, I think by the time this episode airs, you'll be you'll be right at uh, completion or very near to it for your first season. So let's let's talk about what is the story? What is what is Station 151? Station 151 follows the story of an astrophysicist named Wayne Robertson, who was hired by the Telders Corporation, think Tesla in some respects, um, as the sole operator of uh, this uh, radio interferometer station in Antarctica uh, for for a 12-month kind of a a session. It's a cutting-edge technology, even though there's all of this isolation and and being removed from his fiance, from his life, from his job, he can't pass up the opportunity to uh, fulfill a lifelong dream to peer deep into the universe and discover, you know, the origins of everything. But after arriving at the station, without giving too many spoilers away, uh, his, his kind of hopes Uh, for this role are uh, dashed as he's thrust into this really strange uh, and unsettling kind of environment. Uh, So it is um, for those who are like, oh, wow, isolation, you know, Antarctica. Uh, There there are other characters in the podcast for sure. I can't really say if if you haven't listened to the podcast, uh, it will become clear. He's not alone. He has plenty to uh, to play off of, but uh, it, it, uh, (laughs) poor Wayne. (laughs) We, uh, we actually get a lot of laughs out of, of all of the, the, the crap we put him through. But uh, so, yeah, so we've got uh, season one is 12 episodes. That includes the episode 4.5, which is the Telders Corporation uh, Christmas. What did we say? Holiday, holiday, holiday special. special. Yeah. Yep. Which Everybody was a, a, a Kickstarter holiday promise. Special. Yep. Yeah. It was a Kickstarter promise. So. It's actually 11 episodes is the main story, but right there in the middle, since we were bumping into the holidays, uh, and I thought for some strange reason, it would be a great idea. Let's do a holiday episode. Um, and so that that's kind of in the middle. So that's, that's Station 151. So Barry, you were saying as we got introductions on, underway here that you're one of the sort of originators of the story idea and kind of the, the so how does... How do you figure into this beyond your role as audio producer? Like what, what is the behind the scenes of creating this together? Yeah. So, um, so the original idea is probably a story for Steve to tell. He and his brother started this up uh, as a, um, actually a blog series. And in fact, uh, the two, the, uh, both of those were on functional nerds number 58 or something 53? far back like that. Yeah. It was, it was quite a while, a while ago, but 52. Uh, so the, there you if go. I remember correctly, that's like, that's like, Two days ago, yep. yeah. <laughs> um, so they, like me. yeah. So they had created this uh, blog series. Um, they were telling a tale through uh, two different points of view. Uh, Steve was writing one one side. Andy was writing the other. The that one was happened to be called Station One Fifty One. Um, and uh, 
uh, you know, I thought it was a great series. Uh, they hadn't written on it for, for a little while. And so, uh, uh, beginning of last year, 2002, um, my company uh, that I work for, Montico Games, we were kickstarting uh, Old Gods of Appalachia role-playing game. So it's a, it's a really big podcast. Uh, uh, um, and uh, I had done, I've done plenty of audio work before then, but I, uh, you know, I, I was really immersing myself into audio dramas and podcasts and all of that. And I really thought, you know, uh, I enjoy making these things, uh, storytelling through uh, an audio format. Um, and so I came to Steve and said, hey, you know what? We should do something. And one of the ideas that I had tossed out was reviving Station 151. Um, I thought, you know, the way it had been told as blog fiction would translate pretty well to an audio drama format. Um, and uh, And Steve, he said... I said no. <laughs> I said no way. No, it would take way too much time. It was it was a really interesting idea, and I hadn't thought of of uh, kind of re envisioning Station One Fifty One or the the companion piece Unknown Transmission as this one podcast idea. But I was I was, I was curious about what what Bear was saying, and uh, but I, I thought with everything I got going on in my life, there's there's no way that I can devote hundreds of man hours to the idea of this thing. But uh, so like five minutes later, you know, I, it's just, oh, this could be so cool though. <laughs> and Bear is really good at what he does. Uh, the production work is just uh, fantastic. And, uh, and I, five minutes later, I hit him back and I said, wait. And he, and he laughed and I said, this, this could be really great. Um, but, but we need a proof of concept. Let's, let's cobble something together that we can take to Andy because we had to get Andy on board. I knew that the story, both halves of the story had to be told from, from a, a character that, that listeners could get behind. So it had to be told from Wayne's perspective. And, and so I we have to get Andy on board, but I got to show him something because he may not really kind of like, you know, kind of gel with this. And so we, we cobbled together really bad kind of a, of a, of a sort of an episode and played it for him. And he was blown away. He was like, yes, let's do this. Let's do this now, which is my impression of my brother. I'm sorry, Andy. Um, so, uh, but then back to bear production. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, uh, uh, that was really the impetus. I wanted to make something. Um, and, uh, I knew that, uh, you know, uh, between the writing and the, the sound production and, um, on all of that, we could really make something pretty, pretty damn cool. And, um, uh, and, you know, I, I think we have, um, you know, it's been that idea, I think started back in late January of 2022, maybe February. We did the, I think we did the demo uh, through February, um, got Andy on board late February or early March. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we were, uh, working out writing and trying to figure out, um, you know, how do we want to make these sounds or these different rooms? What is this thing? But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very busy last year. But did you, did you do the demo in your garage with a Tascam four track? <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we didn't quite go to that extent. We actually should have actually, we did might, we might've record, recorded a, a, a Foley sound or two personally. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, the demo was kind of unfortunate. I, uh, 
I was pushing on Steve um, just because I, did, I wasn't 100 percent sure that he was going to be able to pull off the the voice acting. And I thought I thought, well, try to do maybe like a different voice just to kind of put yourself more into that person's head. So you're really thinking about it while you're doing it. And I was giving him all kinds of really bad ideas. And uh, <laughs> it, it was fine. Actually, I, I think the demo was actually pretty good, but it doesn't hold up to to what we ultimately settled on and produced. So well, uh, if I it recorded comes up again, it on a uh, sorry, go ahead. As you can say, if it comes up again, I've got to task them in the closet right in front of me. So I can <laughs> nice. I can hook you up. I recorded it on the uh, the uh, the snowball I mentioned uh, to Tracy oh, yeah. earlier uh, yeah. in the the master bedroom closet. I taped yep. it to the uh, the top of a filing cabinet and went in there and recorded my lines. I still record in the closet, but I've, I've got a much better setup, nicer microphone. I, I was just explaining to someone about uh, recording in a closet, and yeah. they they didn't think that I was serious. And I'm like, no, a lot of people do that. A lot of yeah. people yeah. just get in their closet because it's it's a nice enclosed space. The clothes themselves act as a sound dampener it's probably carpeted yep it's yeah. carpeted usually so it, yeah. it ends up being a, a decent space to record it yeah his uh, so steve does uh as he said before he does uh most of the voices uh, we have a few uh, ai voices that show up uh that goes through a different process um that is computer generated voicing um but uh, steve does a number of voices um, and the audio that he gives me is really clean. I mean, I rarely have to denoise it, um, which is which is impressive. Um, you know, and if it's such a, a such a really low hum, I almost never even touch it, just because we because it's an audio drama. There's so many other things going on. There's always some kind of music bed. Um, there's lots of different sound effects um, that uh, even if it wasn't super clean audio, it would be fine. But it's what he gives me is really clean. But you, you. you said that you gave him some bad advice about, like, doing different voices and stuff. Did he happen to do a really bad British accent? <laughs> he didn't do that. Um, uh, he, he actually did a really cool um, – there's one character uh, that shows up in episode four called Dr. Alfieri. And I'm not going to talk about the character because I don't want it to be spoilery. Um, but uh, um, for the trailer, we cut a trailer, right? And so he did a number of different voices for the trailer. Um, I do a lot of processing on the voices, so they're 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 quite distinct. It doesn't sound like oh, this there's the main guy number three. You know, it's it they're very very distinct. Um, but uh, he did a voice for the trailer for Doctor Alfieri that um, I really liked, but it did probably have just a hint of kind of a cartoony villain aspect to it. I'm I'm kind of sad that we didn't keep that, but the the Doctor Alfieri that actually shows up in the show is 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 much stronger. So. I was doing, I, uh, we're, you know, the, the, sh- the podcast takes a lot of inspiration from John Carpenter's The Thing and Severance on Apple TV and a little bit of body horror thrown in for good measure. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, when I did that voice, I was doing the voice of uh, Dr. Carrington from the original thing, the, the thing from another world, the old 1951 uh, horror movie. So it was, you know. Just admit it, Wayne. There was no creature. There was no signal. Admit it. You know, so it was this very corny kind of 1950s uh, character actor sound. But I, I didn't know what I was doing, but we did something completely different for, for Alfieri, which sounds a lot more sinister now. Yeah. Ah, oh, you're a troublemaker, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
you know, it's <laughs> it must be kind of fun for you, Steve. And I guess I'm going to have to imagine you speaking for, for Andy a little bit here since he's not with us. But you wrote together the material that is kind of the bedrock of, of what has now become your audio drama. And it must be interesting to revisit it in this way because you, you need to sort of rescript it and you need to not just hear the voices of the characters within your own mind as you're writing dialogue, but actually literalize those voices with your face. Um, and so, like, it, how has it been as a process of revisiting work that you created a while back and kind of, um, I, I guess, revisiting the creator you were when you were first doing this with your brother? And, and how much of it did you change the stuff that you hated? <laughs> Those are both good questions, and uh, and the answer to both is yes. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and that was one of the one of the things that really sold me on the idea was the fact that I get a chance to write with my brother again because we wrote uh, Station One Fifty One and Unknown Transmission for a good two years, and as Bear said, you know we wrote. Uh, either half of the story. I was writing from the perspective of the protagonist and Andy was writing from the perspective of the antagonist. Uh, and the things that the antagonist would put into play in the story, the protagonist would have to deal with at a later date. So it was really interesting. Uh, but when we when we decided to, to write the podcast together, we really had to look at it with a, a completely different set of eyes. It was like, well, I mean, this this is an audio drama. They they'll have to hear what, what we're telling them. We can't just ramble on like a narrator and, and they can't see what we're talking about. So it, it really was an interesting exercise in, in kind of shifting gears. If you've ever written anything, a novel, a short story or anything like that, imagine turning that into a radio play of some sort. And, and, you know, you really have to look at everything with, with a different set of eyes. And, you know, we, we tossed out lots that was just like, this is not going to work. You know, all of this has to go. And we need to bring in other characters that there has to be somebody for him to discuss this with. And, and we, we again, without giving spoilers away, um, we, we struggle with the fact that we wanted Wayne to be isolated in Antarctica in this, in this station 151 dealing with what he had to deal with. But we just couldn't talk to ourselves, you know, all day long. You know, even though I wander around the house talking to myself all the time, it's, uh, it would just it wouldn't have worked. So we we had to write in a lot of new content, a lot of new characters, uh, and new ideas. But uh, it has been an incredibly enjoyable and rewarding experience. I mean, we worked so hard over the last twelve months, but and and some of it was exhausting. But uh, but it it was just incredibly rewarding. And then yeah. having what little success that we've had, um, just kind of makes it feel all the better. Yeah. When, when we were um, originally exploring the idea and certainly the, the demo that we'd put together, um, it was much more of a journal approach, right? Like we didn't ever want this to be, Oh, it's a found tape kind of thing, but yet it was still kind of in that uh, area or realm in that, you know, it was the main character journaling what had happened and describing. And so he's, he's essentially playing kind of the narrator plus uh, role. And it just wasn't what we wanted out of this. I think it's a fine approach for a lot of storytelling. Um, but, you know, we wanted something that felt more immersive, um, more directly, just you are there. Um, and, you know, obviously writing as a season, uh, you know, we, 
I think the inspiration really kind of came from all of the successful, certainly in the past 10, 15 years where we've had this this renaissance of TV shows, right? TV has just really exploded what we get with Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and HBO, of course. Um, and so I think they just canceled all those shows. So (laughs) (laughs) more room for us. Perfect. Um, but you know, that's, that's where you can really draw a lot of inspiration in storytelling, uh, episodically and, and how to really kind of create this. And of course the blog, was never structured for that. So there's a lot that just got thrown out the window um, just to really make sure that we could write, you know, 15 to 25 minute episodes that were dynamic and exciting. And we could just keep amping up the weirdness again and again to really make sure that it would grab you in a quick period of time and make you keep wanting more. So, and I, I think we've done that. I think that was something that, that Bear said very early on. You know, he's like, you know, if we want to grab people, you know, it, it should be weird. And uh, to my brother's credit, he, he took that and ran with it. <laughs> and the stuff that he delivered, I, I remember reading, it was like, oh, we can't do this. And then, <laughs> oh, we should do this. Oh, this is going to be weird. Oh, yeah, this is where, yeah, we're going to get letters. But yeah. let's go. <laughs> so <clears throat> we, we kind of put on our brave face and just ran through it. And, uh, and it, you know, people seem to, to really enjoy it. It, it, uh, like I said, you know, we've had a little bit of success and we're, we're pretty, pretty happy at that. So we're just glad that people tuned in. It sounds like you've managed to hit kind of a sweet spot between using the bone structure of the story that originally inspired you bear to reach out to, to Andy and Steve, um, that, some of some people could potentially have followed you to the the 151 audio drama aware of and so you're sort of satisfying the desire of whatever segment of people who who knew the original material to sort of see it reactualized in some way while also right. offering those people something that is new and is different and is going to change their expectations or enliven them in some way and right. so it's it's kind of an interesting way to thread the needle between you want to invite in a new audience by doing a new treatment of this story that you already know, while at the same time sort of speaking to whatever audience it's already had in the past. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think there's, there's definitely uh, a, a number of original hardcore fans Um uh, <laughs> Steve is showing six. Uh, I think there's probably more than six. There might be at least 10. We're probably, du- you guys are probably double digits since it is originally your story and all that. But, um, but yeah, it, it needed to be its own thing. Um, and so it was nice to be able to, uh, take something. I, I mean, I, I think it's always interesting to take an idea that you've had before and revisit it anyway. Um, you know, so often in, in say a, a writing process, right. You, you, you have this brainstorm, you write it all out, you end up coming back through and editing and hopefully you really kind of uh, craft the story during that editing phase. But, um, you know, I, I know I have stories from 10, 12 years ago where I would probably uh, go back and do something completely different with it. Um, and I think, you know, if if any of those ever do come to, say, a, a podcasting medium, it would be an ideal way of me revisiting those ideas and crafting something new, but still having those same bones and still having that same excitement, but being able to see and bring forth something that's just not, that just wasn't there before. So you, 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 I think you skipped some stuff. You said, you said you have a, you have this brainstorm idea 
And then what was the next thing? <laughs> uh, editing. Well, you write it. I assume the brainstorming and writing was kind of happening at the same time. Right, but you 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 <laughs> skipped cleaning the kitchen. Yeah. Um, sure. Doing the laundry. Yeah. Uh, procrastinating for six months. Writing the other um, story. Writing the other thing that yeah that caught your attention. Yeah, right. Working on right. that, uh, but not just, finishing that's, that's it. That's called the creative process. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just all built in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to imagine that. On some level, there's not just because, you know, in your work at Monty Cook Games, you are, of course, familiar with gaming culture and, you know, the the fandoms that emerge out of that and the way that that's kind of, it's sort of an open community of discourse. People are always, you know, posting modules or, you know, homebrewing different sorts of rule sets and things like that. It's it's always been in the nature not of Not if Wizards talk. of the Coast has anything to say about, oh, no, wait, that's, well, I mean, <laughs> never mind, never mind. That was last month. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so 30 days ago. Um, now we've moved on to one D and D. So in any case, um, but the, the, the idea of that being kind of like an, like an open system of engagement where, where fans and creators and everyone and the, the fans themselves are users of the product. And in the sense of being users of the product are also sort of co-creators of the product. That is, I have to imagine a slightly different dynamic when you're working in audio drama production, because on the one hand, you, you, you're producing what you're making um, to be consumed by an audience that doesn't really have the ability to, I mean, I suppose there could be like uh, station 151 RPers and fanficers or whatnot out there. Sure. I mean, you, one can dream, right? Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's an interesting dynamic, and I wonder how the skill sets and the experiences that you've had working for a gaming company do or don't kind of like feed into this other pursuit. Um, you know, I I, I I truly love the work that I do for Monty Cook Games, and working uh, working with the team. We're a small team. I, I think at this point we're eleven or twelve. I think we're twelve people. Um, I've been there for eight and a half years. Um, uh, uh, before then, I, I worked for myself for 15 or 20 years, freelance illustration and animation and video production and blah, blah, blah. But uh, with MCG, it was it was an interesting transition because suddenly you're right. There is this fandom around it that I wasn't I've just never been exposed to that. Um, and, you know, there's it's probably about a 90 percent awesome kind of thing. Um, I mean, almost all of the fans are awesome. I've been to plenty of conventions. I'm friends with a good number of uh, people who have come, who I've essentially uh, friended through the company and by, you know, being fans and working conventions for us and with us and all of these things. Right. So it's been really awesome. But uh, as an introvert, uh, my instinct is typically to be, I want to be behind the scenes. Um, I want to be the, uh, you know, uh, I'm doing the, uh, up until more recently, I, I now have someone who works with me uh, at MCG, but um you know, I want to be that behind the scenes person. I make the things look beautiful, but uh, I'm getting credit in the book, but I, I don't need to be in front of the people talking about these things and all of that, um, which in some ways lends itself well for the audio production side of things in that I'm also, I'm making this thing, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not a voice in the show. Uh, technically, I do the intros and outros, the pre and post roles on the, sh- on the show. Um, uh but, you know, I, I can make all this stuff and kind of still stay in the background. I can let my creation be the foreground thing. Mm-hmm. But I do also find that, you know, there's I mean, I have it a little bit with 
art direction work, but more so with, I think, the, the podcast in that there is an appreciation for that recognition of the work, right? It's, uh, it, it maybe feeds that dopamine hit. Um, but there's also still a, a sense of ownership, even though I don't own the story and I'm not the, I'm not uh, writing on it. I, I mean, I, I probably have a bit of influence on the writing, but I'm not writing anything. Um, but there's something that this feels more like my baby. I, all of the books that I've done, and you can't see here, but I have just shelves and shelves of books that I have now designed um, and laid out and art directed for MCG. And I, I, those are all my babies too, but it's different. The, the podcast, this thing really feels like, you know, something that I have been very materially part of its birth and creation and caretaking. And, um, and I don't mind, I guess, maybe stepping out a little bit more uh, and hold this thing up. Sure. So, you know, but, you know, we also. I was going to say, uh, so Steve, yep. Steve and Andy, does that mean that, that, that you guys are the faces and you're the ones that he's pushing out there and making you uh, <laughs> shake hands and kiss babies? <laughs> uh, I do feel that way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, Steve's I, definitely the one. He's, he's the front man as far as that <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing. When we started working on it, uh, and, and we were writing it, we were like, how do we how do we do all these voices? How you know? And and I told Bear, I said, look, uh, you know, I did some theater in school, and and I certainly no stranger to giving presentations in my day job, so uh, I'll try. You know, I'm not going to do a voice for Wayne because it's too hard to affect a voice for you know an hour of recording. It's just not going to be the same from episode to episode or even minute to minute. I said, so if I'm going to do voices, uh, I'll do Wayne, the main the main character, my own voice. Uh, but then the others, you know, we'll we'll just we'll see what we can come up with. And so we tried some some interesting stuff, and we found ways to create voices that uh, that we can use. So yeah, I, I put myself out there to be kind of the the front person in the podcast because you're the, I'm the one that most people hear. Uh, but then I also I'm on the front lines with uh, with all of our marketing efforts, too. So when it comes to, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, Tumblr, Instagram, Mastodon, uh, I'm, I'm the guy that that is usually putting up posts and responding to people. And uh, so there there is that kind of, you know what, Andy, Andy gets to sit in the background and he gets to write <laughs> and he gets to direct you know what? I'm thinking, I'm the thinking he needs master. to be drugged out into the streets, into the daylight a little bit. <laughs> you know? And he's not here. Hmm. I know, That's right. I know. Technical problems, I, was it? I discovered that the uh, the show that was on the channel formerly known as Sci-Fi called Eureka mm-hmm. is on uh, Prime. You can watch it on Prime. It's free. Huh. Free to watch on Prime. And uh, it just you just reminded me of Sarah which is the smart house that the sheriff lives in and the actor who plays Fargo, it's actually his voice. And they go, and they call it out immediately. It's like Fargo, is that you trying to sound female? <laughs> because and it's just, it's just that that's the voice that, that he's doing And So when you stop, talk about doing the voices, it's like, yeah, there are some audiobooks where, where either uh, it's either a male or a female narrator. And then they're, they're cross-gendering voices. And it's interesting how they do that, right? Sometimes they, they try to go a little higher or a little lower or, or you know, they do something. Or if they're really good, they just completely do a different voice, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like like Jefferson Mays, I always call out, who did the Expanse uh, audiobooks. 
is absolutely freaking amazing and does all these voices and each one is unique and, and belongs to the characters. Uh, and you, you can't, it, once you hear those, you can't unhear them. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like you go to the TV show and then you're like, but that's not really what Avatar sounds like because I, Jefferson, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have enormous amount of respect for, for voice actors and, and I'm, we're connected to a lot of other podcasters uh, and voice actors and, and production people on, on social media. And there are a lot of voice actors out there that, that, uh, that do so much work. And I, and yeah. I feel like I, I have a hard time calling myself a voice actor. You know, I'm just a guy who sits in the master bedroom closet in front of a microphone and screams from, you know, one week to the next. But uh, <laughs> and sometimes I, quite I, literally. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm no Billy West. Uh, I uh, I do what I can. And I, and I think we do a pretty good job of it. I've I've had a lot of friends come to me and say, I was listening to Station 151. Is that is that you? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I do some of the other characters and I'm like, I I can kind of hear the way that you speak. And I'm familiar with with uh with your tone and i i guess i kind of picked that up but uh, i have so much respect for them there are so many things that i don't know about voice acting and uh and and one of the biggest uh stumbling blocks is just trying to save your voice you know there are things that i just don't do anymore because i know i've got to record at the end of the week so or or if you have to scream you scream last yeah so exactly exactly i uh i went bowling with uh Giles and Emily from Beyond the Trope podcast. And uh, I was telling them the story of uh, when the Beatles still played live, you know, they had all these hit songs and one of their hit hit songs was Twist and Shout. But they always saved that for the very last song because Lennon said once he did that, he couldn't sing. He could barely talk. Mm-hmm. He had to shout, you know as part of that song and so oh, yeah. he always sang until the end and that was like la- and then he and then he he said his voice was just shredded after that and he couldn't do anything for hours oh yeah when i do the voice of dr alfieri in the podcast i always do that last because he's got a really graveled kind of low voice anyway so it's it's you know at, at the end of the day when my voice is wrecked from screaming wayne's line then i can do alfieri and, and it sounds a little bit more authentic you're talking <laughs> there- about I am vengeance. I am the <laughs> night. Yeah. yeah. There is a, a, a thing that shows up later on that I, I won't talk anything. I won't give any additional spoilers beyond that, but uh, uh, it is, uh, I think that's probably the thing that destroys your voice the most. Um, and unfortunately season two is probably going to have a lot more of that. So uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm starting yeah. to really agonize over that. And we've had, yeah, bears, right. Or, There's, yeah. No spoilers, but there is something that shows up at the end of season one that that really takes a toll on my voice. And uh, for is, those is people it a who dog? Have, is it a dog? No, no, we do have a dog. We have a you dog, do that? but I don't cat? do the dog. No cats. Is it an alien? No station cats, but there are plenty of pod cats among us. Um, but uh, is it a xenomorph? Patrick Louise. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be no spoilers here. No. Is it a transformer? 
<laughs> but I'll say yes. Room, How's that? <laughs> I'll say yes. It's a transformer. You know, we only have 12 episodes, and each episode is only, uh, you know, 15 to 25 minutes long. It doesn't take too much to yeah, get to you, that you end. Yeah, you listen to all of for dinner. No problem. Right. Binge up, yeah. yo. You binge up. Right. You'll yeah. get him. there already. Yeah. But I've heard, I've heard some people in, in, uh, on the social channel saying, uh, I, get, I get a real giggle thinking about Steve uh, doing that. Uh, in the closet in front of the microphone because <laughs> it was just, and the funny thing was, is that I, you know, I wish I could say what it was, but, but I, we did one take of this thing I had to do with my voice and Andy was like, nah, 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 I hate it. Uh, it, it needs to be a lot bigger. And so I was like, oh, okay, so I'll go back and I did it bigger. And, um, and then I sent that off to bear and I thought, you know what? And it's not going to work. Andy's not going to like that. It's going to, and so I just went in and I just went ridiculous in front of the microphone and just blew out my throat. And, uh, and I turned that over to bear as almost as a joke, like, here you go. Right. I just let it all out. And Andy was like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. Well done. <laughs> I'm noticing a, a pattern here, uh, in what you're conveying, Steve, where it's like bear or Andy have an ask and, and you have your initial response and then there's like your revised response. And it's only the third response that's actually the thing. And so now I'm kind of wondering if, if the behind the scenes that we're kind of gathering here is um, Steve takes three tries to get to what he actually to make up his mind or to do the thing or to do you just ignore the first two responses at this point there and just kind of wait and be like, like so, about another 10 minutes. A so third, he, hang on a minute exactly. is on its way. When he record when he records the audio, you know he gives me anywhere from two to sometimes up to five takes, um, and so yeah, I mean I, I am often given a lot of uh, choices. Um, I would love to say that it's almost always that third take, and I'm just gonna I can just skip the first two, and I'm just gonna go right to that third take and go with it. And in truth, I could probably do that, and it would be just fine. Um, but yeah, he gives me a lot of takes. Um, you know, we, we are a very small production. Steve records, he's in his home. He just does his thing. Um, he sends me the files and then I, I do my thing. Right. Um, it's, uh, as we go along, I think we'll probably change a little bit how we work in that. It'll probably be a little bit more standard sound studio approach where he is record, uh, he is doing his thing. I am recording, uh, and we can give notes right then and there. Uh, I think it's going to be a much smoother process and probably uh, increase the quality even that much more. But but it really has been working very well for us. It, you know, uh, we are very, uh, very small in our production, but I think uh, the impact of what we've been doing has, has been really paying off. And uh, um, Steve's been modest as far as, you know, saying that, you know, uh, he's doing he's doing OK. He, uh, uh, you know, we've probably had 40 or 50 reviews at this point and. Uh, uh, almost all of them, uh, almost all of them are positive there. We have a, a few outliers who do not like the, the level of language and the amount of language we have in the show. So and, and, listeners, and because, because this is the internet though, you, you just focus on the negative ones, right? That, right, right. Yeah. Actually, ones. those are the ones we, that keep you up at night. Nope. Those are the ones that we laugh at. I am sorry to say, <laughs> but those are the ones we laugh at. They are, they're the only negatives we have had is the amount of language we have in our show. And we, it is an explicit show. There's, uh, I think, one episode we maybe had like 49 F-bombs in it. Um, but, but to be fair, the main character is going through a lot of things. So, you know, it's it's just it's just the character. Anyway, the positive reviews, 
Um, so many of them really highlight um, how much they've enjoyed uh, Steve's acting. Um, they, uh, they've been really impressed with that. Um, so, you know, uh, we're all modest people, but I, I think it's fair to call out that Steve has blown me away with, with what he has done with the voice and with, with the episodes. And so I, you know, it's, uh, um, thank you. I, it's so much, it's so critical <laughs> having a good voice to make these kinds of things work out. Um, otherwise you would do more of an audiobook approach. Even right. then, you know, you, of course you still have to have a great voice, right? You still have to know how to use your voice and really convey emotion through it. But acting is just a different thing. And, uh, Steve has really brought his A game for this. Well, thank nice. you. I appreciate hearing that. Yeah. This has it's, been uh, such a love fest. <laughs> oh, God. We, I wish we, Andy could have been here. Ah, oh, my brother. Uh, technical difficulties. We, I'm we, sorry. Uh, we talk a lot about audiobooks because both Tracy and I enjoy audiobooks quite a bit. And mm-hmm. the narrator the narrator makes or breaks it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I tell the story. I don't, I don't use specifics, but uh, – there was an author and uh, I, I, they gave me a credit, I want to say, or something. Somehow I, I got their audiobook, and I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to it for a really, really long time. And then I, I'm talking years. And then I finally thought, oh, you know, I should listen to that. I was looking for something to listen to. I, should, I have that. I, I should listen to it. And it was god-awful. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's like this, this dark fantasy novel and the person who's reading it is doing a surfer boy voice, like, Ooh. and then I was going, you know, I mean, I, I can't even do yeah. it, but it's just, it was just this terrible surfer voice, and I'm like, oh my god! And I went to, I went to Audible, and I'm looking it up, and there was a new version, because that that had so many negative comments about it, and and so I got the sec, the new version, listened to it, and it was completely different, and was really really well done, and. I've been I've been dying to ask that author about it, and I never have because I know how embarrassing that could be. Because a lot of times the author doesn't have any say in yeah. it. But I get the feeling because this author became became uh, pretty well known and has a lot of books out, and and was like a seller and was selling a lot of books and doing really well and got some more contracts and stuff. So I'm I'm willing to bet at some point went back to the publisher and go, we have to redo this. Yeah, we have to. Because the the narration is is huge, so I you know if if people are complimenting you, Steve, I'm just saying that that's worth it. You know that that's well, yeah. I appreciate that. That's huge. It's um, like I said, I have enormous amount of respect for 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 people who do this for a living, and anybody doing an audiobook, I can't. It's hard enough to read lines out of a twenty page script. Sure, uh, I can't imagine sitting down and reading whole chapters. Yeah. Uh, without flubbing, and, and Bear unfortunately has to weed through all of the flubs, and I sit there with a clicker, and you know, and, and as soon as I'm done with a <laughs> section, or so, I give him the click so he can yeah. see the spike, yep, um, and uh, and move on to the next item. But it's it's not easy, you know, controlling your breath, uh, speaking speaking <laughs> clearly, uh, reading the words clearly, Ju- juicy mouth, <laughs> juicy so mouth. often, right? I mean, I, I'm sure uh, Patrick, you have that as part of editing or whatever, but. Uh, it's really hard to speak like right, right now. I feel like, you know, I should probably be drinking because I probably have juicy mouth, right? There's just mouth noises, especially with microphones. Um, and you know, trying to have the podcast type microphones where you're really speaking nice and close to it. So you're really cutting out all of the other background sounds and echoes and everything else. 
but you get that juicy mouth and it's just that yeah. sorry people for who, who have uh, sounds uh, sound issues um but uh you know and steve's really good but every once in a while i have to clean up a little bit of that and it's just it's just the nature of speech that we don't hear until when you're trying to really speak close to a microphone yeah yep. yeah in a closet yeah, really. <laughs> I'm gonna come back to the important details here. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so Tracy, we've been we've been going a long time. Do you wanna do you wanna yeah. still try to do picks of the week? I think we could we could do we will we will be efficient and focused and laser like. Picks of the week. There we go. That's that's production <laughs> values right there. Um, so uh, I'll start us real quick with picks of the week, and then we'll sure. uh, we'll go from there. So I actually, ironically, for as much as Patrick was talking about us listening to audiobooks and us both being into audiobooks, I've not started a new audiobook in about the last week or so. But what I have been listening to instead is a little bit different than what I usually do. I've been listening to uh, from the Great Courses series. Uh, Audible makes these available if you are someone who uses that service. Um, Some different classes and lectures uh, of different types. And I've always been really into uh, nonfiction and kind of trying to keep up my A-game of just random tabernacles of useless knowledge. And I've been listening to Professor Stephen L. Goldman's uh, Science Wars uh, what scientists know and how they know it. And it's just a really cool 12-hour lecture series. I know, I just said 12-hour lecture series and really cool, and everybody has just noped out. But what's cool about it is it's kind of walks us back to the genesis of what we think of as where the scientific method begins and the whole idea of like, no, seriously, why, how did we develop a theory of knowledge and why do people think that they think that it's possible to know things? And like that it's more complicated than we realize. Um, And because I'm a teacher and a gigantic doofus nerd who is super into stuff like how the brain works and how do we even know that we know stuff. um, And it also seems kind of like in the vibes of a vaguely sort of uh, horror cosmic things are not as they should be. Perhaps we are discovering things beyond the realm of what is actually even knowable. Um, science wars, what scientists know and how they know it has been a really fun journey for me and I recommend it. That's awesome. All right. So bear, Steve, you want to like wrestle each other for it? It doesn't work so well over Zencaster, but we can try. (laughs) No, I'll let, I'll let bear jump in. Uh, You got something you want me to jump in? I was, I was going to say, why don't you go ahead and jump in? But really my, my quick one is. I have a I have a hard time actually remembering what I've watched or read or done two weeks ago. It's not it's not a dementia. I I hope um, it's more just that I I think I end up consuming stuff so much, and because of the way in which we consume now, right? Everything is binged. That you you hit it, you have this huge hit, and then it just goes right out my head. But I do you know, obviously for me the the big thing that I think that uh, I've been watching and. I think the whole world has been watching is the last of us. Um, it is just you know, so well done. Um, uh, you know, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, I've uh, enjoyed the games. I actually started uh, replaying the games um, just because of the, of the series. Um, but uh, you know, that, that to me is because I can't binge it. And because I've chosen to watch it week by week, it sticks with me that much more. Awesome. Very cool. Steve? So Steve. Um, let's see. My pick of the week, I think I have to give a shout out to a, a podcast. You know, I, uh, before we got into 
creating the Station 151 podcast, I didn't really listen to that many. Uh, but once got once we got into it, I began to to kind of like uh, jump around the dial a little bit and listening to little bits of everything. And one one that I believe deserves a shout out is uh, the Kill FM K I L L F M podcast. It's a, a collaborative uh, weird fiction showcase uh, that's that uh, that contains wildly creative segments from top indie audio drama creators is put together from, uh, by the guys from Wireland Ranch. And they've got seven, seven episodes. Now you can find them on, uh, Apple podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcast, but kill FM has been one of the the most original. And, you know, we do a lot of weird stuff in station 151. And so I kind of look for, for weird stuff to see how other people are handling it and, and how creative and, and, and how much they're willing to kind of bend the rules and uh, Kill FM uh, is is a real treat. The guys from Wireland Ranch really knocked this out of the park. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, so when you say that you don't you don't listen to very many podcasts, you mean you know other than like this one? Well, <laughs> That's right. But I'm I'm OG. I'm all the way back uh, to year one. Right. So episode yeah. fifty two. You and I and uh, Anilio, and then uh, episode seventy six with uh, the Rigor Amortis uh, group with uh, oh, uh, Andy Remind, uh, yeah. John Remy, uh, Galen yeah, Gara. I mean, Steve goes yep. back farther with the functional nerds than I do at this point, so I'm not I'm not getting in the way of that. Yeah, but you put in the hours. <laughs> James, James, and Erica, right? Yep. Yeah, I think we're the yeah. the editors on that or something. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Erica yep. Holt and uh, James Gates, who are. Yep. Lovely people, and what a what a great cast of, of writers! Yeah, another good shout out. Rigor yeah, the, the the Ink Punks. Most the of those are Ink Punks. That's yeah. right. They're still out there. Uh, I don't know that Remy's doing much anymore, but uh, uh, Galen obviously has you know the Hugo Award, and uh, yeah. she did the cover yeah. for my book. So I was very happy. Oh, oh, wow! I'll that show you. Cool. Yeah, Galen's yeah. awesome. Yep. Yeah, she is really ridiculously talented she's she's yes. wonderful so uh my pick this you. week uh i'm going with a, a tv show gosh go figure uh that i haven't picked i don't think yet this season but it's uh star wars the bad batch and uh they're in season two and the empire is is growing and the you know these are the clones that uh that weren't necessarily uh impacted by order 66 and they're off running doing other things on their own and it's interesting because you you still get some of the best star wars out of the animated shows just the best stories and they've had a couple of really fantastic episodes so far this season um uh the one uh oh gosh uh the lone clone or something like that was what it was called and it, it was uh it was Cody and uh, the sniper from the Bad Batch, and mm-hmm. and I think it was Cody. And th- I mean, just you know, them seeing what's going on with the Empire, and 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 uh, it's just they just had so many good episodes so far this season. And so if you're not watching the Bad Batch, uh, you're missing out on some fantastic Star Wars stuff. They've got some more filler episodes this year, where they're but at the same time it, they are filler, but they're they're being used to kind of flesh out characters that we haven't really had a lot of characterization on so far, like tech and echo. And, uh, 
it's just been good stuff. So Star Wars, Bad Batch, Season 2, Disney Plus, go check it out. That's my pick. Nice. Nice. Well, this has been a rich and fulfilling, and it's like a double-stuffed Oreo of podcasting. But, you know, we've got our drama stuffed inside of our our talk show, stuffed inside of our whatever this thing is. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> there, there's so many there's so many different flavors of Oreos that they're doing now. I'm just waiting for them to come out with the nacho cheese one. I mean, I like that. we we just talked in our previous episode about being careful about what you speak into existence here. So I just just gonna remind you real quick. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you have heard this episode and are thinking to yourself that you need to check out Station One Fifty One, first you're right, uh, and second it would probably help you out if you looked for that in some of the best places where podcasts are found, such as Bear, Steve. Where should people go? Pretty much everywhere. I mean, you know, Apple Podcasts is our big platform. Um, almost all of our listeners or a significant portion are on Apple Podcasts, but we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on Amazon, whatever it has. I mean, we're, I don't know, there's probably 15, 20 different platforms where we're on. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pocket Listen, Casts, like, Podbean. Follow, yeah. review. So just about anywhere you get your, yep. your podcast, you can find mm-hmm. Station 151 by name. Uh, there's also the website, which is a portal to just about everything at uh, station151.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the fun of a love Discord to, uh, group. We'd love we to have you. Patreon. Yep. We, get the uh, package. We, we are not at the Patreon level yet, although that's going to be coming very soon. We did Kickstart uh, back in uh, December, and so shout out to all of the Kickstarter supporters. Um, but we do have Discord, so uh, it's kind of the best way of coming and engaging with us. It is. It is growing, and we've been having a great time uh, meeting a number of fans. Uh, some of it obviously started with our friends that we knew, um, but at this point, I think most people are are complete new fa- new friends for us. It's it's awesome. That's All right. right. It's been awesome having you gentlemen on. Uh, our best to Andy, uh, and uh, we, we promise that we won't say mean things about him at all in his absence because you're, you're grown men brothers. You're, you're past that. Yeah. <laughs> we're not past that, but oh, never we're mind. getting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we still like to take the piss out of each other as often as we can. So, But, uh, yeah, it's uh, w- would have loved to have Andy here, but uh, – Come and come and you know listen to the podcast. Hear his work. He's our lead writer, and the stuff he comes up with is just bonkers. It's so much fun to record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, well done, Andy. Thank you for all your hard work. Thank you for being with us. It's been great having you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> what on earth? Hey. Oh, oh, hi, Patrick. Tracy, what are you doing to the bumper? Uh, fortifying it. Duh. This is because we just talked to Keith Amon about defending your lair. And? And I started thinking about that time beyond the trope, tried to take over. Yeah, I, I act cool about that, but I guess it kind of got to me after all. You do realize that building a what? What is this? It's a palisade. Right. You realize that physical fortifications are not a way of protecting and preserving the podcast into the future, right? I suppose. Oh, oh! What about weapons? You're kidding. 
You have two Hugo Awards. Those trophies are very pointy and probably excellent for close quarters combat. Oh my God, you're not kidding. You can't tell me that you don't look at those trophies sometimes and think about how good it would feel to just poke them right into Sean Duke from Skiffy and Fanty, huh? Huh? My therapist says I need to give my worst impulses space to be entertained intellectually but not acted upon. I would totally act on that. But there's a problem. I don't have a Hugo Award trophy. I don't even have one of the tiny stabity nomination pins. Patrick. Patrick. Why are you grabbing me by the collar? Why am I narrating about it? This is audio entertainment, Patrick. Just give the cues. Patrick, I need that Hugo trophy to help you defend our lair. Podcast. But layer, podcast, whatever. We need to make sure the listeners know that nominating for the Hugo Awards is a great way to contribute to the SF community and honor content creators they like. Maybe even the functional nerds by nominating them for categories like Best Fan Cast. Please let me go. Oh, sorry. Would you feel better if we also told folks that interested listeners can go to the current Worldcon Facebook page for more information? I cannot actually pronounce that name of that current page, but they're in China. Oh, or they could skip straight to finding the Chengdu Worldcon on the web at en.chengduworldcon.com. You know, you're stronger than I thought you'd be. My neck hurts. (sighs) Walk it off, Hester. Here, here's a hammer. We've got work to do. Let's take a second to talk about Beyond the Trope. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, we recommend Beyond the Trope. Giles and Michelle have been putting out episodes for a really long time. Not as long as me, but don't hold that against them. They have a lot of great guests, just like we do. And they put out their episodes on Tuesdays, just like we do. They also have a Patreon with a bunch of extra content for backers, which is really cool. They have a Redbubble site where you can buy stuff, also cool. And I just wanted to throw it out there. Beyond the Trope, check them out. I think you'll like them. So there. Mr. Carpiers, you got it right. How about that? Yeah. You can call me Cannoli Joe. If you've if you've never listened to the podcast, there there's there's two different styles here. There's there's Tracy who does prep work and comes up with some very thoughtful questions, and then oh squirrel! Oh, for God's sake, Patrick Louise! <laughs> Are you okay with me recording you today for the purposes of this podcast? <laughs> okay, that's probably a good enough signal. <laughs> when someone comes up to me and says, "Hey, I really love what you do," I'm like. I'm sorry, do you know who I, like, I think you have me confused with someone else. The whiz bang and the gosh wow and the sense of wonder stuff. My favorite thing about time travel is I actually had a time travel joke for you guys, but you didn't like it. I'm so excited.